All right, here we are at another episode of The Bomb Hole, which is presented by Pub Beer. Now, first things first, East Stone is temporarily out of the booth. However, we got Mikey LeBlanc filling in. So, Mike, how are you today? I am fantastic. Wow. Excited. How about you? Nobody ever asked me that, but I'm, t- I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. First uh, time for everything. I, yeah, I feel really uh, special today. Included. Uh, today we have Savannah Shinsky in the booth. Savannah, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks for asking. Well, we are happy to have you in the booth, and we're going to do a little intro for people who don't know who you are. Savannah is a rising talent, originally from Michigan. Most snowboarders move out west to bigger mountains. Savannah chose moving back east to Vermont. She is already sitting on four video parts. She is known mainly for street snowboarding. She has great spot selection, impeccable style, and refined trick selection that is wise beyond her years. We're going to get into all of it. But uh, yeah, here we go. Let's just get into the show. I, I want to point out a trait uh, that I noticed when you showed up. You know, most guests aren't on time. You're very punctual. So I want to say I appreciate why, why are you a punctual person? Why are you on time? Well, basically just because I hate when people aren't punctual, so it infuriates me. Mm. So forces me to be punctual. God, me too. I can relate to that. How yeah. did you feel yesterday? I mean, let's get into this. You and I drove to Brighton, and we were going to meet up with the crew, Brown, and uh, what happened? Yeah, well, we drove up there, and we're just kind of get booting up in the lot, waiting mm-hmm. for them, and no, nowhere to be seen. And no so shot. finally, you uh, think you give Parker a call, mm-hmm. and you're like, yo, dude, where are you guys at? And he's like, oh, shit, I forgot to tell you guys we all slept in. We're not making it up in time because mm-hmm. they were closing the canyon. At 11. So we, we, I literally, we jumped in the truck in the snowboard boots, drove down. But it ended up good. You yeah, good day. we got to chill. Yeah. But it was just funny because, like, we saw, like, they were, like, about to close the road, like, as we were driving down. Like, had we waited five, ten minutes, mm-hmm. we, we were toast. <laughs> we would have been stuck up there all day. Yeah. So, been... so you guys made a plan, uh, and unbeknownst to you, they didn't stick to the plan. Yeah, I, and called, you... I called Parker. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, I forgot to call you. And then I called Sam, and he's like, I'm in bed, dude. Like, uh, <laughs> it happens. Still I love like you that. guys. I love you guys. Well, I appreciate <laughs> punctuality, and that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a good trait. Mm-hmm. Now, there's something that we got to get into early and a lot of people know you for your video parts, but uh, you know, not not a lot of people know about your career in border cross or your <laughs> avid border mm-hmm. crosser. I heard that. Tell too. us, tell us about that. That's funny. I don't know who brought that up, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to do border cross back in high school. My high school did like a um, border cross team, and it was super fun. Actually, like I would do it again. Probably, it's sick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I did it for a few years back in the USA a days or. You got some. Uh, you got some. Some hardware. Any wins? Yeah, I might be a state champ or something. Wow! Border cross. I forgot to mention that. I didn't even mention that in the uh, intro. I would have yeah. put that border cross state. Well, you weren't yeah, sure you if you had <laughs> hardware or not, though. Yeah. Wow. So, what's your technique? You just kind of intimidate the competitors because that's a that's kind of a aggressive sport. Mm-hmm. It is an aggressive. It's actually pretty scary. You're going so fast next to people. It's like throwing bows and everything. Mm-hmm. But actually, like, it wasn't, it was, like, pretty chill when I did it. Like, you know, it was, like, very entry-level border cross. But, yeah. 
my technique. There's no technique. I don't remember. It was so long ago. <laughs> just SFD, pretty just, much. Just go fast. Mm-hmm. Good so, stuff. I mean, a lot of a lot of the better shredders start in the pipe. They start with border cross edge control. Probably helps a lot. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So you filmed all your for the ride video, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How was that experience? You filmed with Mike at all? Uh, not at all. Yeah, I wish we wanted him out there, but didn't make it happen Who, ever. Who's your crew? Yeah, so there was uh, eight of us filming for it. It was Dan, Jill, Reed, Jed, Spencer. Cole was out there a little bit. Um, and then Krugs as well. Sorry, can't forget Krugs. Um, but yeah, if I forgot anybody, I'm very sorry. <laughs> and then Parrish was filming and Stark and Durham came on a couple trips. But yeah, it was a really cool experience, like different than anything I've ever done before, for sure. Like biggest opportunity I've ever had in terms of like filming for a project. And yeah, I'm just like super used to like staying home and like driving to everywhere. And like, I don't know, it was so different flying on and like going to places that I've never been to film, like went to Europe for the first time, which was insane. But yeah, just so much different than anything I'd ever experienced. So, sounds like you guys are burning some budget. Mm-hmm. Well, they 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 cut right into it's it. Roasting budge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. They burned yeah. the budget by I think it was early Fab. It was pretty much toast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I didn't get to go on any trips. Yeah, you, nothing <laughs> left over for Mike. Who's sitting on? Who's got the the heat? How, first of all, how's your footage stack looking? It's pretty. It's all right. You know, you always want more and you want it to be better. But I'm happy with how the year went. Mm. Who's uh, who's standing out in that video? You know, Jed definitely has some <laughs> fucked up footage for yeah. sure, but everybody killed it, you know. I would say that I, like, went on the most trips with Jed, so I, like, got to see... Because we kind of had, like, multiple crews the whole year, like... Because we... There was a couple times we were all together, but for the most part, there was two crews, and so I was, like, mostly always with Jed, so I feel like that's why I'm, like, oh, like, his footage is, like, stands out to me because I saw, like, basically... A lot of it in person at least mm-hmm. but yeah everybody did awesome it was a really good year i'm excited for that one yeah, Who, who's too. editing it who's making it i think durham's editing it maybe parish will help him cool. um yeah good stuff. it was probably kind of nice to be with parish because parish has been your filmer primarily for what like almost everything last five years or yeah i mean i started off with parish like when i barely knew how to board slide we'd be like going out to spots and like man it, yeah we like yeah, I've only filmed with him, and then, I mean, other than that, like, before this year, like, I went on a couple trips with, like, Cole and John, and John Stark, I mean, and, uh, big air horn, um, but yeah, mainly always with Parrish. Mm-hmm. So it's probably nice to be out there cruising with someone you're comfortable with, stepping into a different crew, can yeah. be different. Yeah, it was definitely, like, comforting to have him, for sure. But, I mean, everybody's so sick and easy to work with, so, like, it it was nice. It yeah. was an easy transition. Yeah, I'd be interested to talk to you about your relationship with Parrish, because I feel like it's, you and I have talked about this, mm-hmm. where there's um, a dynamic between a filmer and a writer, and I've had filmers I, I can't get a single fucking trick with. Like, I don't know, it's like we're cursed. And then I've had other people you have great mm-hmm. uh, a great dynamic with. Like, how important is that dynamic between you and Parrish or you and your filmer to like have the right vibe. Yeah, it's super important. Um, for sure. I mean, it's just nice to know that like he watched me like, like seriously, like learn how to snowboard basically. Like, I mean, I've been snowboarding my whole life, but like 
as I like started to progress, like he was there through it all. And like, I just trust him a lot. I'm like, you think I got this? And he's like, for sure. Or he's like, I don't know about that one. Mm -hmm. And like, I really value his opinion. So in that sense, it's like super nice and like awesome. And like, we work really well together. And I know a lot of people don't have that. And I feel like so lucky to have like had that. I think, I mean, I owe him so much. Like he. Has he ever blown any shots for you? <laughs> he thinks he blows a lot of them, but he, he never does. Maybe like once, but like nothing, nothing really. Well, we happen to have a couple of guest questions from Paris, but we're going to start one off right away. Here we go. Hey, y'all. It's uh, Parrish here. We've got a couple questions for Savannah. The first one has a few parts. And I was just wondering, Savannah, what... What do you think is the most illegal trick in general, the worst trick that can be done on a snowboard? And then on top of that, what clip or trick uh, in a past video do you regret the most? Um, you think is the worst one you filmed? And what outfit do you regret the most uh, out of any outfit you've worn in a video? <laughs> Thank Solid. you, Parrish. Those are insane questions. It's going to take me a sec to really think about the proper answer but all right first we'll start off first with the worst trick that you could do and earlier we were talking I changed my answer I originally thought dead lung but now that I'm thinking about it laybacks horrible don't do a layback <laughs> I'm not into the laybacks okay what else let's keep this going because you I feel like you got more to unload what else do you not like <laughs> That just seems like that to me seems like the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Let's stay down this. Yeah. Let's stay let's, on this for a second. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, like four fifties out. I don't know. I'm big on like less is more. But I mean, that being said, I feel like it's all like who does it. Like to me, I'm like Jake Kuzik could do literally anything, and you're like, that was awesome. But mm. like, it's all about like style, I guess. Because, but for the most part, less is more. What about a frontboard pretzel, but you're like 45 on the frontboard? That's the scoot special. <laughs> Smith grind? Yeah, that's sick, honestly. Ooh, that's terrifying to me. I mean, if you're like intentionally doing it, you're mm. like, sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sick. All right, what was so there's a three parter. So the first question was tricks. We really leaned into that one. I don't remember the second. It was part. most illegal trick. Worst trick was the second question. Kind of the same question. Oh no, worst trick that you filmed. Oh, worst trick. Oh, oh. That's what he was asking. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't like a lot of my footage, but uh, like last year, I board slid this down flat down ledge in Burlington, and he was so Parrish was so insistent on using it, and I was like dude like fuck that clip like you can't use it and he went ahead and used it anyways that's fine but i hate that clip i just like but is, is did he ask worst clip ever filmed yeah your, your okay. least favorite clip yeah i don't know if that's like my least favorite but that's up there for sure why don't you like it my style's just all weird i just feel like i'm not like completely sideways it's just all sketchy which he was like oh it adds flavor but i was like dude no I also do this like weird ollie after, like, because there's a stair set after it, and you just see me do this like weird bop. <laughs> but okay, I feel that. And then I guess maybe next part was wor worst kit you've worn. Yeah, worst outfit. There's so many, especially like the uninvited year. I wore these like crazy like fleece hats and like 
crazy i don't know if i have like one specific outfit but just like i used to just wear the most heinous shit especially yeah when i filmed for the uninvited yeah that was no good and before that like oh you know what actually there's a clip in you guys might not have seen like some of our old videos like civil disturbance uh I would like wear overalls and like roll them up over my boots and mm. then wear a hoodie under the overalls. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's bad. Bit, that's a bit of a tough look. Tough look. <laughs> a bit for of a sure. tough look. Well, let's talk about that because kits, you know, <clears throat> you know, some people they get the package, they take what's out of the package, on, they put it on, and they're happy as a clam. Uh, some, you know, some people like to get the right kit for the right spot. Where are you at with, uh, you know, kit do you, you know you're going to get a banger you're like oh i got this kink rail i'm gonna board slide it i'm feeling good about it what's your thought going into are you specific about what kit you're picking for that yeah for sure i mean usually like when i go out i'll pack like at least three different options like in my backpack and i usually like pick my outfit based on the spot like that's like a more recent development and i'm not like that crazy about it that sounds kind of crazy but <laughs> You got options. I like you're prepared. I'm prepared. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look good, feel good. You talk about that all the time. I relate to that super heavily. Like, I feel like if I'm not wearing something I'm hyped on, I'm not going to be, like, confident, and I'm not going to be able to snowboard how I want. Mm. Or I'm just going to be, like, bummed on how the clip came out. Like, sometimes I'll, like, literally, like, be like, oh, can I see that? And, like, change my outfit, like, after, like, mm. mm-hmm. seeing, like, what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying I have the best outfits all the time because a lot of times i'm still bummed but let's go through some scenarios here you're showing up to a kink rail uh you know maybe there's trees in the background maybe it's kind of like a gray bird kind of day what kind of kit you picking for that i don't know usually i'll just like talk to parish about that like probably something a little brighter just to like make you're not wearing a camo hoodie for that no Okay. Is camo in? I'm just asking for a friend, too. I'm just curious. Yeah, for sure. Camo's in? Okay. Camo's in. I mean, everybody's kind of wearing camo, so it's a okay. bit it's a bit played, but I still have, like, my favorite hat's camo. I just got a camo zip-up the other day, and it's, like, my new favorite mm. hoodie, but... And so you're a big thrift store uh, person. Sounds like that's... Talking to Paris, you guys drive all around to thrift stores. That's, like, a, a huge hobby of yours. Yeah, for like, sure. What's up with that? Sell, sell, sell me on thrifting. Sell me on thrifting. You don't I'm, thrift. I'm a, I don't. I don't thrift. No, I. I, I do not thrift. Crazy. Oh. Yeah. That is crazy. Uh, I don't know. I just. I feel like I have a pretty good amount of time on my hands. So. <laughs> that might just, be a difference between us. As yeah. Well, as well. But yeah, keep going. For sure. I feel like most people I talk to are like, "Oh, I wish I had more time to thrift," and I'm like, "Yeah, I got nothing but time." So. Uh yeah, I don't know. I just got nothing going on, so I like going in there, and then it's like I don't know. It's fun, like finding new clothes, and it's less wasteful. You know, I don't really like. I'm not ever really hyped on new clothes. Like, I don't know the last time I bought something new. Like, maybe if someone sends me, like, a hoodie and I'm like, oh, I should wear this. Like, I'll wear it. But, like, I'm never, like, I don't know the last time I, like, went into a store and bought something. Hmm. Yeah. Are you strategic with who you go with? I know when I go to thrift stores sometimes, especially if, we were, like, I was into ph- photography and if I was with other photographers, and I knew we were going to a good spot, I'd be like, I don't want to go with that person right now because we're all going to run for the same place. For sure. Is there anybody you're competitive with in the thrift store location? Yeah, so, like, it's definitely changed over time, but I go, it's funny because I do go thrifting with Parrish quite a bit, but, like, we're, like, sprinting in there, like, like trying to get, you know, it sucks going with someone who's your same size. Mm-hmm. 
Um, my favorite person, people to thrift with is like if they're like bigger than me or smaller than me or something, because then we can like shop for each other at the yeah. same time. Yeah, that's but. fun. Hmm. You should. We should maybe. Uh, it'd be good if we had more time. We could do a thrift store tutorial. We should with Savannah, where she could kind of walk <laughs> us boomers through. I mean, you know what you're doing, but I'm lost. In it. I, I bring things to the thrift store, mm -hmm. but I don't. I'm not a consumer. I'm of more of a post. You know, I, li I like going to those thrift stores now that are in between, like Vantage here in Salt Lake. In betwixt. Yeah, and they're they've they've done the pre-selection, <laughs> and then you go in and just kind of pick out the nice stuff. Yeah, and good. you're still feeling good. It's used, but it's it's selected. I kind of like the th I like that and it's nice like when you're just like I need something new now. But I also do like the like the find. The find. It is sick when you come up on something. Yeah. Yeah. I do know what you're saying though too when you film a, a clip and and the kit doesn't look right, there's nothing worse than that. Yeah. Yeah. You For see sure. The, like the pants are too tight or the like something's off and they're just not the right combo. Mhm. Mm it's a killer. Yeah. It's who, rough. Who are some kit uh kit gods you look up to? Anybody in particular oh for sure so many first person that comes to, de to mind is kennedy deck yeah <laughs> they're definitely just like the steesiest ever yeah. and then yeah jake kuzik also super and cole naven they all kill it mm -hmm. and tommy tommy's pretty steezy tommy towns yeah, Tommy Towns. I haven't seen him uh, lately. Yeah, well, you know, he's well, I he's in studio. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, hey, Tom. But uh, for, let's just talk about his kit for the people that can't see him because he's off camera. He's got a brown hoodie, uh, some khaki cargos. Pretty good kit. Yeah, large. I mean, UPS man vibe. Khaki cargos are probably waist forty two, and in reality, <laughs> he's a thirty. <laughs> Damn. Tommy T, what waist width are we running on an average day these 34. days? Thirty four. That's what I run. Yeah. Okay. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about sunbum. Chris, I'm, can I interject? I got so sunburned up at Brighton the other day. You did? Yeah, what? and I just don't know what to do about it. You don't know what to do with it? No. Well, let me tell you something. I got a great solution for you. Okay. There's a company that's called Sunbum. Wow. They make phenomenal sunscreen. Okay. And along with that, they also support snowboarders. Mm -hmm. uh, people in our community, they got Jill Perkins. I don't know if you've seen uh, Blake Paul at Natural Selection with the sunburn. I think I sticker. saw Parker with yep. some the other exactly. day, too. Exactly. Huh, yep. I should have borrowed some from him. Yep. You know, Brian Fox might have had some as well. He's oh, on the team. Yeah. Shoot, he was up there, too. Yep. So it's a stacked roster of uh, A grade hitters. And they got all kinds of great products. So, mm -hmm. you know, one you can keep in your pocket, Mike. Okay. It's the uh, Mineral SPF. 50 wow face stick wow. It's just like a little mini glue is stick. it waterproof or i believe it is mike okay good yeah. that i fall a lot so that's nice yeah they got zinc in there it's it's a phenomenal product no i'm you. concerned because a lot of other products they're not really cruelty free how do what's their stance well uh the product i use is fragrance free hypoallergenic vegan cruelty free okay it's made for an easy on the go quick application michael wow i like that yeah, so if you're interested in picking up some Sunbump, it's a great company. They support the show. You should support them. Uh, head on over to your local snowboard shop, surf shop. You should be able to find it there. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Bub's Naturals. We're always talking about it here at the Bomb Hole because we hammer all of their products. They recently came out with Bub's Brew. It's their coffee bean, the original blend. It's USDA organic. It's fair trade. And also, it's the first ever coffee bean to be Whole30 approved. Another thing we're going to talk about today is Bub's Fountain of Youth Collagen. I actually just discovered that they made flavored collagen. Didn't know that. And uh, I've been hammering the Fountain of Youth Collagen because it's tasty. It's a nice berry flavor. 
And we all want to relive our glory days out on the battlefield. And if you want to do that, you got to take care of your body. And collagen is huge for, you know, recovery. So you can go out there and pretend you're still 18 years old, even though you can't grab your snowboard. So we recommend Bub's Naturals. Uh, If you head on over to their website, bubsnaturals.com, use promo code BOMBHOLE to get 20% off your order. Again, bubsnaturals.com, promo code BOMBHOLE. Get there. Well, jumping back in, Grace Warner, your friend, I was chatting with her, and she, you know, she really wanted to hear about Alpine Valley. She was saying, you know, that's where you two really spent your childhood and growing up, and just wanted to hear about your thoughts about the. She, she described it as kind of like small town, grimy. Let's hear more about it. Yeah, Alpine Valley was literally where I spent my entire childhood. Every day after school, it was sick because. You could go, like, they were open till, like, 10 every night and then, like, maybe even later on the weekends, and which was so key because a lot of kids don't have that opportunity to snowboard after school. They're, like, strictly only can go on weekends and, like, the mountains, like, super far and it's inaccessible. But, yeah, growing up in Michigan, it was, like, so accessible. I mean, like, I lived 10 minutes from Alpine, and it was just seriously ideal situation you know Mm -hmm. um yeah there was just like a few rope toes I mean back then the park was like not great but like I had no idea the difference you know like I was just happy to be there seriously probably half the time like not even snowboarding there you're just like how old are we talking when you first started snowboarding uh when I first started snowboarding I was probably like seven maybe Mm -hmm. My mom snowboarded. She got me, like, a snowboard for Christmas. And then, yeah, I mean, I feel like I was hooked pretty, like, quickly. Because, like, as long as I can remember, I snowboarded, you know? Um, Like, I was definitely, like, started, like, doing, like, USASA competitions when I was, like, probably, like, 11 or 12 or something. And, yeah, just, like, kind of always did it. And, yeah, Grace um, was definitely a huge influence then, too. Mm -hmm. We snowboarded together as much as we could. Like, we met probably when we were, like, 11 or 12, and we were the same age and both just, like, kind of, like, you know, same, like, level of snowboarding could just, like, maybe do a few 50-50s. Maybe not even back then, like, maybe on some boxes and stuff. But it was, like, really cool. We really, like, got to push each other and snowboard together all the time, and it was really special to have that for sure. I mean... I basically, like, lived at her house as a kid, and, like, we would snowboard together every day. Yeah. And Alpine actually, like, was so sick because not only was it, like, 10 minutes from my house, so it was, like, easy to get a ride there and, like, whatever, but you could literally ski in. This is, like, my favorite thing about it, like, claim to fame about Alpine, is ski in, ski out McDonald's. Mm. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so. I heard you used to... Uh, just annihilate Mac Doji's back yeah, in the I day. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Don't touch it anymore. Maybe some fries here and there, but like, yeah, for sure. I mean, it was so cheap. Like, just like my mom had this like coffee, like old coffee jar thing full of like quarters and stuff. And I would just like rummage through there, grab a bunch of quarters, like go to Alpine, just like get a McDouble or whatever. Like, hit that a, was like hit the a 50, daily. Hit a 50 front three after a fresh McDouble. And yeah. Called it. <laughs> Yeah, that's fire. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love it. We got a guest question from another Grace. Let's let's serve this up. Here we go. Hey Sav, 
it's Grace. Hopefully you're having a good time in the booth right now. Uh, I got a question for you. Would you rather wear that pink galaxy kit that you bought from Zoomies for the rest of your life or share a room with Scoop for the rest of your life? I'm excited to hear your answer. Super excited to watch this bomb hole. Uh, I miss you and I love you. Uh, over and out. <laughs> Damn, so sick. Love you, Grace. Wow, that's a fucked up question. <laughs> Both realities don't want to ever have to live, but... <laughs> If I'm forced to choose one. Can you describe both of these in detail so that I understand as well? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so this Galaxy kit is so fucked. Like, <laughs> leather arms, right? Respect. And then, like, it's pink and purple Respect. Galaxy. And then skin-tight, <clears throat> bright pink pants. Bought it from Zoomies. Grace was with me when I bought it. We're like, fuck yeah. Seriously, this kit is, like, so fucked. We'll have to pull up photos. Like, I'll I'll dig something up so we can get, the viewers can see. It was bad. Anyways, we were so hyped. <laughs> we were like, I'm like, yeah, I'm styling right now. This is probably when I was like, yeah, 12 or 13. Anyways, horrible. And then Scoot, I don't know, a couple years ago, like, when COVID happened, I, like, had to move into his family's house. Like, a bunch of shit, like, kind of led to that. But his sister, well... Yeah, maybe I was, like, living at his house, and then his sister had to come back from college. And so she, like, t I was living in her room. And so I was, like, forced to bunk up with him in his room. It's, like, a small-ass room. It's, like, two twin beds. Like, all our shit's just crammed everywhere. And and he's, like, I mean, it's, like, a shithole. Like, he spray-painted all of the walls. He's, like, you know, got, like, his fucking weed station everywhere and... Like, it's no good. <laughs> like, we are brother-sister mode completely. Like, literally hated each other. Like, loved each other, but, like, hated each other. Like, worst case. So, yeah. And that was, like, the worst time <laughs> sharing a room with them. So that's a tough question Grace is asking. So we, we need an answer, though. Yeah. I mean, probably the Galaxy Kit for yeah, sure. Wow. Mm, okay. Mm, Galaxy Kit. Okay. Man. I think oh. we need to maybe make this happen for a day on Hill. <laughs> you know? Now, is this streetwear or is this like you wearing it boarding? Boarding. It's like... Oh, okay. I was thinking this is streetwear. No, this is boarding. Okay. Got it. And this was like... I feel like maybe like the dingo had like a very similar vibe going on. Like I remember like wearing my hair out like super long and crazy and like had these like glasses and like... We might have had like a photo like of us next to mm. each other like back then. I was like, oh, I'm the dingo. <laughs> That is sick. <laughs> we need to find this photo. That's incredible. Yeah, you don't see a lot of imitation dingo uh, <laughs> kits out there. It's no. not a. It's not commonly. It's not easy to copy. Not not a common replica. I yeah. was trying. <laughs> so you grew up riding with Grace, serving mm -hmm. up fifty front threes after school in Michigan. Um, what, did you start filming in Michigan or when did you start filming video parts? What did it look like? What did the road to sponsorship look like for you? Okay. Yeah. Great question. Um, no, I did not start filming in Michigan. I was definitely still like just kind of figuring out how to board. Like it's crazy. I boarded my whole life, but didn't really start figuring it out until probably like once I moved to Vermont, 
like I definitely had like a few things like I could 50 front three and like whatever but like for me to like actually start feeling comfortable my board happened like once I got to Vermont and so yeah I was like doing like the USASA competitions kind of just like rail jam kid basically like what happened was I went out to nationals and some guy there um like knew somebody from Michigan like common friends or whatever and was like hey like I run this snowboard school in Vermont like we need some more people we have an open spot like if you want to come and I was like so ready to get out of Michigan like I want I wanted to like get out of there running like so I was so excited for like that opportunity and like my mom was down and he like gave us like a super good deal and was just like like whatever we got to do to make it work like let's just get you here so I'm like super grateful for that and uh yeah this snowboard school was like so sick it's like it wasn't really like what you think of when you think of like a snowboard school like it wasn't like a big like building with like dorms and stuff like we basically just lived in a house at the bottom of Mount Snow and it was just like me and like six other dudes like I was it was my junior year of high school and like we were all around the same age maybe a few younger maybe a few older and yeah we would just kind of just I don't know we would walk to go snowboarding every day there was a house mom who like cooked us dinner every night and we'd just like go back play skate like do literally nothing and other than snowboard and chill so it was like actually insane that I got that opportunity to do that and that's how I like ended up in Vermont basically going to this school and um yeah that's how I met Scoot because he was like he didn't live at the house with us because his family lived there but he was like a day student and so kind of just like met him through that when he was 11 or 12 the first year that I lived there I was still like doing I like did like some rev tours and was like kind of like I was not like comfortable on jumps by any means, but I was still like being sent off of them, which was like fucked up. I don't even know how that happened. Like, I don't know how anyone thought that was like safe for me because the rev tour jumps are like pretty fucking big. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like barely know how to fucking snowboard. And they're like, yeah, you got it. Hit this 50 foot jump. They're and I'm, jackers. They're straight jackers. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll just like straight air this massive jump sure and so like that whole year was like when I really started to like I don't know like realize like what I was like more interested in I was like I'm this is dangerous for one like this is not what I'm like like I wasn't I didn't have like the proper training it'd be like you're going from hitting like 15 20 foot jumps to like yo hit this we're at the your mom paid all this money for you to like show up at this event like you gotta hit this jump And that was just, like, so anxiety-inducing and whatever. And so I think through that, I was just, like – and I just, like, didn't like competing. I was, like, this is not for me. Like, it was just so much anxiety, and it, like, wasn't rewarding in the sense – I don't know. I was just, like – I became over it, basically. And I made that, like, pretty clear. And towards the end of that year, I think, is when I met Parrish and everybody, like – and – I went out to maybe, like, a couple spots with them, and, like, we, like, became friends, and I don't know. I think after that year, we, like, stayed in touch over that summer. I would move back to Michigan, like Parrish and I did, and, like, Jake Gaudet and and John Garut. Those are all, like, the book club homies. And so we, uh, yeah, we stayed in touch a little bit over the summer, and and I had plans to go back to that school, like, 
my senior year of high school. And so I did. I go back and I'm like at the school for like a month maybe. And then basically I like get kicked out of the school. They're like, you got to go. Basically got like framed for like smoking weed in front of Scoot. It was some crazy bullshit. But anyway, Scoot's family was like, yo, you could just like come live with us if you want to stay here. I was like, sick like perfect and that year is when I like first filmed really so like my second year living in Vermont and yeah I mean I was still like very like not that comfortable on my snowboard but I would just go out with Parrish every day and we'd like bring Scoot and like I mean I think of those times like so fondly like everything was like so brand new and like just like exploring a new place it was like I'd only been in Michigan my whole life and like now I'm here and like I have my license and I'm like discovering that I like like this type of snowboarding that I really didn't even have any idea about before even moving to Vermont I kind of sure I've seen like maybe I'd seen some street clips but I was like had no idea like really what street snowboarding was maybe and yeah that winter like we went out like a lot like for sure or it felt like a lot at least I mean it's hard to like remember back then but yeah and it was it was so cool because there's I don't know I'm sure both of you have been to Vermont there is not much infrastructure there at all and so we could just like ride whatever because it was just like you can just like hit this rock or like we were just like kind of like learning what was up and we would just hit like anything and so we got to like literally ride all over Vermont and like now we could like barely do that like it's so tough but back then it was so cool I don't know oh it's totally true I spent my I grew up in going to Vermont as a kid in high school and Mount Snow and all that stuff and um They're dog shit spots. You're talking about like a wooden rail, like that's just such a piece of shit or like a rock, like you said. Mm -hmm. And and now it's funny as you evolve, it's probably cool to look back because now you're, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like you're a bit of a spot snob maybe where you're like looking for the perfect spot. Like you got good spots. You got good spots, right? You're not going to, you're not going to session a piece of shit wooden rail. Like, you know, like it seems like now. Yeah, probably not. So, anyway, that probably seems cool to look back. It is cool to look back, yeah. Um, I mean, we're still, like, I mean, I get a clip in Vermont, like, actually, I don't know if I got one this year, but up until this year, like, you know, we still snowboard in Vermont, but it's, like, you're driving around for hours, and, like, you have to just accept that, like, you probably aren't going to get a clip today, but if we do, cool. And that's, like, what the biggest difference. I feel like earlier you were, like, oh, like, how was this year for you? And it's, like we like would go and post up in cities where there's a shitload of spots like up until this year like I'm just driving around and like maybe we're gonna get a clip but probably we're just gonna like drink coffee and (laughs) listen to music and like drive around all day and like and end up in like the middle of nowhere and have to drive back like (laughs) three hours home because you didn't realize how far you drove away That's a really cool process to talk about just kind of driving, doing everything by where you drive. Mike, do you want to pick up on this? Because I know you talked to Paris yeah, a while Yeah, yeah. I mean, P- Paris was saying this, and I found it really interesting how you guys basically, you know, 
when I've been flying into, we would fly, see where it was going to snow, we'd fly into a spot. You guys are working on zero budget. You just have your cars. And you're just driving, you, you know, might get four inches, five hours away, and you're getting in your car, truck, and driving there. And that's what's going down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. How much snow do you need for a good street trip? Not that much. I mean, obviously, the more the merrier, but, like, I feel like a lot of times you got, like, less than six inches on the ground. You can make it work. Mm -hmm. But, like, obviously, you want, like, more than that. Like, a foot's dope, but that's never the case, <laughs> or, like, sometimes, but barely ever. So Parrish told me about this big old truck he used to drive around. He said it was kind of, like, a, almost a, such an iconic piece of the crew. Like, everybody hung out in it, smoked weed in it, kicked it. <laughs> Um, what kind of truck was that, and did it have a name? Or Yeah, uh, it was a Dodge Ram 1500, uh, 2007. It was sick. It was, like, huge, like, four doors. Like, you could fit, like, six of the homies in mm -hmm. it, and then, like, we just throw everything in the back. And it was, like, a total piece of shit for sure. <laughs> it was, like, so bad on gas mileage. But, like, yeah, a lot of memories in that thing, and, like, it was sad to, like, see it go. Mm -hmm. But it didn't have a name. Crazy. I wish it did, but... Yeah, it was it was very essential to like that point in time in my in like our lives. Like we like need and it's funny because like Parrish didn't drive like this whole time, so I'm just like total like captain. Like you know, like mm -hmm. I'm driving everywhere all the time, like picking his ass up, dropping yeah. him off. All yeah, that. I think it's so cool. You guys just drove everywhere and like all over. And he said you guys would sometimes even get home from a spot and just hang out in the truck for like three hours and just talk shit. Yeah, for sure. It was like a treehouse, basically. Yeah. Like. yeah, that's sick. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I got another guest question for Paris that pertains to what we're talking about. Here we go. Hey, Paris here again. Um, I thought it would also be really funny, Savannah, if you told the story about the first time we went to Quebec when you pulled out in front of someone's car and you completely totaled this guy's <laughs> car and he didn't speak any English <laughs> and we were smoking weed in the car and... Yeah, I don't know. It was just we we made it out of what seemed like a nightmare situation, uh, completely unscathed. That one was pretty crazy. So probably a, a funny story to tell. Hilarious story. Uh, yeah. So yeah, first time we went to Quebec, like definitely, it was like my first time out of the country and driving this like big truck to Quebec City. And uh, actually, I think we were in Sherbrooke when this happened, but regardless um yeah we're like it's just like lit a spliff and like blasting back that ass up <laughs> like great song. <laughs> great song and all my friends like joke all the time they're like savannah like you gotta stop like turn the music down like you like stop paying attention to what you're doing when you're driving when you're like <laughs> listening to music like i just like they think i just get like so invested in like jamming <laughs> and so Basically, yeah, like smoking a spliff, blasting back that ass up, and I just like pull out of our Airbnb, like right into this car, like <laughs> total the car, and I'm just like, fuck, <sighs> like what the fuck, like I'm in Canada smoking weed and just totaled this person's car. Wow. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I'm just like, fuck, 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 like whatever like put the spliff out like try and like gather myself pull over and then we like i go up to the person i'm like oh my god i'm so sorry like whatever 
and they just don't speak any English. And I'm like, fuck. So I'm like trying to like Google translate, like what can I do or like whatever. And we just sat there, whatever. Like the police came and like, I don't know, like she was just like took down my information, I think. Like nothing really like happened from it. Like I was expecting to like get a ticket or something. But literally, like, never got anything in the mail. Like, I didn't get in any trouble whatsoever. And the truck was, like, essentially fine. Like, I just duct taped the light back on. And I just had, <laughs> like, my front light, like, just duct taped on there for, like, literally a year. <laughs> and it was it was chill. But, like, that was pretty funny. It's amazing. That is it. Would, would you say, I would say it's kind of Juvenile's fault for creating that such a great song. Could have been Juvenile. Yeah. Kind of Juvenile's, yeah. like, you know, back that ass up, it's a hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of his fault. This is that's the way I see it. Yeah. yeah, I see it that way too. He probably got the check. He probably had a <clears throat> did check. Yeah, they yeah. probably forwarded it to Juvenile or, mm-hmm. yeah, one of the cash money millionaires at mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, question: Have you ever hit a smelling salt? No, never. Let's hit one. What do you think, Mike? I hand them over. Let's go. Right, let's go. Here, all you do is you squeeze it, and you give it a give it a little whiff, and it'll wake you right up. And uh, all right. You want one, Tom? Yeah, we have a, yeah. Tommy's doing a, a left-handed throw. These are good. great. All right, start it off, Savannah. Just like pinch the middle of it, and it'll turn red, and then just ease it up to your nose. Do you do the red part at yeah, your you nose? Yeah, you just take a big yeah. whiff. The, the red thing. goes to your nose. All of it, yeah. Oh, she went in. Oh, wow. how's this batch? Is it this a good is batch? a strong batch. Yeah. Oh, Tommy. Tommy's having a mild <laughs> seizure. Looks Tommy's like. legs just flew off the yeah. floor. Let's be honest. Oh, I'm crying. Oh, wow. This is a strong bat. Oh, it is a strong bat. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Round two, you go, you like want more, you go back in. It's like, nice. You can hold it to one side or the other and kind of hit one nostril. <laughs> Holy shit. Run through a wall smelling salts. That's pretty fun. Only available at bombhole.com. Yeah, bombhole.com. We might be sold oh, yeah. out currently, but might as well check it out. <laughs> oh, our our uh, showrunner Julian's back there smacking salts too for the people that can't see. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy, how was your salt experience? You, you have to speak loud. Uh, it made me cry. He loved I'm it that my much. He's wiping his tears. Tears of joy, that is. <laughs> you know, um, Mikey, he talked to, to Stark about uh, your experience, and I think this is kind of some cool stuff to talk about. She, in his his quote was, "She's a video part curator, kind of kind of young to understand already, but very grown up approach, kind of an old soul in a young person's body." So I'm kind of curious, you know, with the way you approach video parts. I know you're talking about kind of sharpening your teeth with not the best spots, but I'm curious, like, who are your mentors? Who did you study? Where did you learn your approach to filming video parts? That's a great question. That's very nice of Stark to say. Thank you. Uh, yeah. It's hard for me because I feel like I didn't even... Like, I started, like, riding spots before I'd even, like, watched, like, many videos. Like, it was just like, oh, we're going snowboarding. Like, and maybe I'd seen, like, a few. But that's, like, once I started riding spots, that's when I, like, started, like, watching videos, basically. And, like... I definitely think Parrish, like, showed me, like, a lot of videos, and, um, yeah, I would say, like, big inspirations were definitely, like, Cole and... Cole Navin. Yeah, Cole Navin. For the laymans. And, like, I think just, like, watching, like, all the Vans videos really, like, is, like, 
what inspires me and like or like even from the start because I mean we're talking like this is only like four, four or five years ago five years ago like this is like like so like my inspiration is like pretty like from like recent videos even you know what I mean mm -hmm. and so yeah just just like most of the Vans videos like Jake Kuzik and I guess also like watching like Derek Lever and Tommy Gesme and yeah, big air horns. Mm -hmm. um, but what was like the, was there a question? I guess that was who, I mean, kind of mentors and who you looked up to. Those are, the, the, you kind of answered it right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we never really got to, uh, I kind of interrupted your road to, how did you get sponsored? Okay, yeah. So basically deals. like, we got to the point where like, I'm, I live at Scoot's house, I'm hitting spots, whatever. And then I think, trying to remember the timeline but i then i filmed like another year just like with parish like the book club situation book club is who i like my crew of friends that we film with that's just like what it's called basically like i filmed the uninvited thing and which was awesome that like jess like facilitated that and like reached out and like hired parish to film and and that, like, was, like, a really easy transition, too, because, like, I basically was just, like, filming with the boys. And, like, Parrish would, was still filming Esty at the time. And so we, we would go out to a spot and he'd have, like, both cameras. And he'd be, like, filming Jake on Esty and then, like, filming me in HD, which was, like, a crazy dynamic, um, which was awesome. Like, I'd still, like, most of that footage that I filmed, like, I went on, like, one trip with uh, Ilva and Naima and then... Uh, yeah thank you and then uh other than that I was still like just like filming like actually a lot of that I was like just with pair it would just be like Parrish and I going out like just the two of us so after the uninvited came out that's when I like got sponsored by ride like Derek hit me up he was kind of just like filling a shoe at the time and he was like yo like your footage was awesome like we'd love to like have you on ride like if you're interested and it was, like, such an easy transition. It, like, worked out, like, so smoothly. So, yeah, that's how I ended up on Ride. It was pretty awesome. I don't know. I'm super sure. grateful yeah. to be on Ride. They've been nothing but, like, supportive of me and, like, have helped, like, me and, like, the like book club homies out a lot. Killer. Let's yeah. talk book club homies. Who's, uh, who's the best one to go on a trip with? Yeah, Jake for sure. Jake got that. Who's the worst? Scoot. <laughs> sure, that's easy. <laughs> Who takes the longest to get tricks? Hmm. It's tough. Probably me. I don't know. <laughs> Who gets their tricks the fastest? Probably Jake. Well, I don't know. I feel like all of us kind of battle. I mean, some you know how it goes. Like, sometimes you'll get something like second try, and sometimes you're there all day. Like, I feel like no one's, like, consistently, like, got it like that, you know? What about latex? I mean, I met in our crew. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah. Jed's got to like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Okay. who's uh, Who smells the worst? Fuck. They all do, but... <laughs> probably Scooter Jake. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, all right, I know we've been roasting all the book club members, but uh, it seems like it's a big part of your road 
to success. <laughs> no, you're like, but no, you, you grew, grew up, that's your crew. Do you want to yeah. talk about your crew a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Um, I owe them everything. They're like my best friends for sure. And yeah, Jake Audette was like a huge part of me, like learning how to snowboard. You know, he's like actually like so talented and like he was the first person like I got to watch like do some crazy shit like at a spot like I'm like damn like you can do that like what the hell like him and Parrish like taught me how to like <laughs> I don't know build a drop in or like build a lip or like I just like they'd already been doing it for like a few years before I had and then they like just kind of welcomed me with open arms like they were like oh you're down to just drive around and do nothing like come with us yeah. <laughs> like whatever like and it honestly all happened like so naturally but yeah like jake john scoot they're i i owe them everything you know like they we've we filmed together for like four years and it's or five years and even before that they like i was like the new person on the crew like they've been doing it for like a while and yeah i mean they're the best you know i mean jake is like seriously so fucking good like with like no recognition at all and it's not that like he's like i mean you watch his footage and you're like damn dude like this kid's fucked up like he's so good and he's been like nothing but inspiring and like taught me so much and like been there for me and like helped me through like everything so just like want to shout jake out huge he's the best double air on Oh, that was a homie's cooked, <laughs> not a not an air horn, but the homie's cooked. Homie is, kinda, is cooked. Well, we actually happen to have a question from Jake, so here we go. Hello, Savannah. Jake here. Um, so I have a quick question for you that I've personally been wondering. I would like to know who do you think would win in a hot dog eating contest, Evan or Scoot? Definitely Scoot, dude. For sure, Scoot. <laughs> Homie can crush hot dogs for sure. Amazing. Good stuff. Uh, we got one more question here. We'll go rapid fire. Okay. Yo, what up? Savannah, it's Scoot here. Uh, my question is, when are you going to be home? <laughs> Scoot, I'm never coming home. Oof. She's never coming home. Sorry, buddy. That's rough. Rough day. Rough day for him. Um, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Well, uh, okay, you know, in your in your tournament interview, you brought up, you know, I think uh, sounds like from what I hear talking to everybody, you've you've had a bit of a mm -hmm. uh, a rougher childhood than most, and you know, just kind of wanted to extend the opportunity if you wanted to share about that or where you're at with that. Uh, yeah, I definitely did have like a pretty broken home growing up. A lot of stuff went on, but I don't know. I don't think like I'm pretty. I'm not like ready to talk about that, but at some point in the future, like, I definitely, like, would like to share my story, and I think it's important to do that, but I just don't think, like, right now in this time and space is, like, the place to do it. Respect. Cool. That's cool. amazing. Yeah, we love that. That is so cool. Um, and uh, appreciate you sharing that. Well, we got a whole slew of guest questions here, so oh, yeah. <laughs> let's hit another one. Uh, let's go John Stark up. We got a John Stark yeah. guest question. Here we go. Hey, Chris and Eastone. So my question for Savannah is, uh, so back when Kuzik was on the show, and I'm paraphrasing this, uh, he brought up the point about 
being selective when filming a video part and it's as much as what you choose not to film on as much as what you do choose to film on. So Savannah, my question is how much does aesthetic play into your spot selection? Thanks guys. Thank you, John. Uh, yeah, aesthetics huge. I mean, I'm not, if I'm basically, I'm scared of everything, even if it's something small. I'm like the biggest baby ever. Like it doesn't matter if it's like a massive rail with like a bunch of shit going on or like something baby, like I'm probably gonna be scared no matter what. Like for me, when I'm watching a video, like I'll like think like, it doesn't matter like, as long as it like looks cool. Like, I don't give a fuck if it's, like, super gnarly or something. If you're, like, if the spot's sick and you look good doing it, like, that's, like, what's important to me. And that's, like, the stuff that stands out to me the most. And I think, like, yeah, like, for example, like, I don't know, like, like, I've, I've always, like, I've already mentioned the Vans videos a lot, but, like, I don't know, like, obviously there's super gnarly stuff in there, but, like, everything just, like, looks good in those videos, like, no matter what. <laughs> And yeah, uh, aesthetic of a spot is super important to me, I guess. I mean, I'm not gonna like be willing to like hurt myself on something if I don't think it's gonna look good. Mm -hmm. So. And it's working out for you. Yeah. I'm a fan of watching your snowboarding and that mentality, stick with it. It's great. Thank you. I think, you know, for the listeners that maybe aren't as deep in snowboarding and understand the the what you're talking about too, I think it's interesting thinking about you, know, you might take, for example, a somebody might want to do. You take a rail, or somebody might want to heave. Like you, you can front two. They're like technically they can front two seventy it, but they like heave the front two seventy where they like force it up there and maybe put it in forty five and like come off not square. And and they did a two seventy, which maybe is technically harder, but kind of what you're saying is like. Like what I what I see with your riding is like you're not you're not forcing a two seventy on the rail. You're doing like a nice board slide down a kink rail that's between the bindings. You do it till you get it right. You know, you don't, there's no, there's no parts, tricks in your part where you're like, ah, I think she came off early, you know? And, and most people, as they're sharpening their teeth, they're kind of settling for dog shit clips. Like when I, you know, you're like, can we use this? I think it's good enough. But you have that kind of veteran mentality where you, you do things and you do them right. And uh, I want to commend you for that. Thank you so much, Chris. Yeah. I mean, what comes to mind when you like talk about this is like I don't know I was filming a line with Parrish like a couple weeks ago and it was like really hard for him to film like he was like it was like I kept spraying the lens and like whatever theoretically this spot was like perfect scenario down rail into a mellow kink rail and like could have done something harder but it's just like in order to make it look good like I needed to like be able to try it and get it every time so that way Parrish could film it well and at the end of the day, it's, like, working with the, a filmer, it's, like, okay, like, what do you think about this? Like, is this good? Does this work for you? And I think that that's, like, super important to, like, we were talking about, like, relationships with filmers. And it's just, like, if Parrish doesn't think it's going to look good, I'm not going to fucking do it. Because he knows if he's going to be able to film it well. Like, I'm not going to be, like, no, we have to do this. If you're If he doesn't think it's going to film well, it's, like... I don't know it's like not worth it like and we can like communicate that and like I feel like that's super important to like be able to have that relationship with somebody I guess 
Yeah, it's a special relationship. I've had that with a few photographers, and a lot of times they've talked me into doing different tricks. Does that does that ever happen to you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But like, it's um, like, it's frustrating when you're like, "Fuck, I want to do this," but he's like, "I can't film it. Like, I can't do it. Like, this isn't gonna work." And it's mm -hmm. like, that's important to like mm -hmm. recognize. And I'm like, I'd rather like be able to like have us both be happy because at the end of the day, if and that's what it comes down to with like refining like what you want to do on a spa or whatever and it's just like i want to do something that like i can probably do multiple times so we can get multiple like because a lot of times it's like parish is filming if he wants to get fisheye and long lens i'm gonna have to do it twice or something or like get a photo or whatever it's like it's like you kind of want to be able to like do it and do it well and not just do some like sketchy ass shit that you're gonna just barely get away with like mm -hmm. it's gonna come out way better if you can like take your time and like the filmer and the photographer can be like happy with what they got because at the end of the day it's like even if you did it well like if it's not documented well it's not gonna like be perceived well like mm -hmm. it's not gonna translate mm -hmm. wise words wise words talent I too i mean i don't know i mean i was just used to doing it once i don't know about you chris uh just i think the french clean. the french canadians came in and fucked everything up they, for that. they were the ones that are like Doing the trick seven times in a oh, row. That's true. Yeah. They they changed the the they raised the bar. Unfortunately, that was before my time or after yeah. my time. But the what what I think is cool to talk about with Parrish, you know, he was really honing in on the fact that, you know, the balance. We always talk about this, but kind of creating art versus a sport, right? You know, some people are doing the Olympics and they're like training into airbags, and it's like it's like one side of snowboard. It's fucking kind of a sport. Whereas you, you know. He was telling me you guys have like intention of like sitting down before the winter and what you want your video part to look like. I, I kind of want to hear you speak on that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, of course, like I want to like push myself to be like the best snowboarder that I can be. But at the end of the day, like my favorite videos and like, when, I, when I watch videos and whatever is like I want to feel something mm -hmm. like I want to like have. If if a video doesn't make me feel something, I'm probably not going to, like, rewatch it a million times. I want to be, like, snowboarding to me is, like, emotional, and I want to feel the emotions that were, like, put into this project. And, like, and a great example of this is Living Room. I could watch that video a million times, and it, like, makes me feel, like, so good. And, like, I don't know. I mean, it's not all about the snowboarding. It's about portraying, like... I don't know. Okay, I look at the videos that we've made in the past, and this is, like, all very, like, specific to, like, me and, like, my life and my snowboarding, but, like, I'm, like, this was, like, a stage in my life, and I can, I have this, like, memory book to, like, look back at, and Parrish does, like, an amazing job of, like, portraying, like, what happened and, like, the vibe and... I don't know. Now I can like have these memories and be like, I remember like all of this and it's like super special with my friends. And like, I'd rather see, like, of course I respect like super gnarly snowboarding and like I have, I want to like do that. But like also like at the end of the day, if you're watching a video and you can just like feel something, even if it's not the gnarliest thing, like that's what's cool. If it's okay. like filmed well mm -hmm. and you can feel the vibe, like that's, that's what is the best mm -hmm. i agree 100 percent. mike she kind of she gets it she nailed it she's nailing it yeah i mean i've some of my favorite video parts have been or parts of videos have been like on an eight foot rail but you're watching people 
really session. You can feel that there's like emotion, friendship. They're sweating it out. It's the middle of the night. It's like do what you, draws you in. You can relate. Mike, do you For feel sure. do you feel like over your because what well, you mentioned how I heard it was you kind of like it, they're they're capturing moments in time in your life. Like so mm-hmm. so it's like you have this this kind of like yearbook of mm-hmm. your life through yeah. video parts. And that's how I can remember mm-hmm. what I can remember what year it was by the video <laughs> we filmed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So do you feel like, like you have that with such a long career? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I look back at even people that are gone and you're like, you look back and you're like, wow, this is something I can look back and remember someone like J2 and all like the funny crashes he would do with his heads, behind, hands behind his head. You remember those moments and just dying laughing. It's this visual thing, but it, creates that emotion and takes you right back to that place mm-hmm. so i love it yeah totally yeah they all mean different things yeah. for everybody that's mm-hmm. i was what was kind of coming to, to mind was uh randomly i haven't you as you were talking about that feeling something um i filmed this part with john stark for the snowboard video years ago called pepper and he edited my song to uh i think the band was called auto lux but the chorus was like i change my f- head and my friends don't call me and it was all. It was the first year that I had, I was sober, mm. and so it was really cool because I correlate that year to mm-hmm. me getting sober, and like it means a lot to me that part or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it's just I don't know, but it's like you as you go on, you kind of remember. Oh, that was the year that happened. That was the year that happened, and mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. Yeah, so. that's that's super cool that you can like relate that song to that, and I I'm sure that he did that intentionally. Yeah. I'm, oh, totally. It's yep. it's kind of similar like with Good Sport and like Colin mm-hmm. using that song for Derek like. So sick. What's the story behind that? Well, I don't know. Like, the song is like, we want you to stay. And it's like all about, like, kind of like, like, we really like want you here, dude, or whatever. And I think, I mean, I'm not going to speak for them, but if I were to like deduce like what the meaning was, is like, they want Derek to like stay snowboarding Mm -hmm. and they like care about him. And like, just, I, I, I'm not even like really like don't know those dudes that well but just even like watching that like i picked up on that like it's like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i'm sure like obviously was intentional Mm -hmm. but that's one of the most most emotional videos i've seen in a long time too so i think of that movie a lot. yeah and that one makes you feel something like you said yeah yeah and that's like it's such an interesting thing to talk about too because you have in snowboarding you know like a lot of times people have totally different perspectives they're like i'm just simply doing the hardest trick like it, it's not about what they're wearing. It's not about the spot. It's Who not they're about, with. Even. It could be a concrete wall behind Walmart that's gray with a winch, and it's like, I'm going to do a fucking wall ride double crippler 1080 off of yeah. it. And you're like, but that's fucking cool. Yeah. That's your yeah, shit. Sick, you know, you want to sure. you want to be acrobatic, and, yeah. and, and then some people, it's more about an art form and creating mm-hmm. art, creating yeah. something you feel, and... and uh, I think there's room for all of it, but I like how, um, you know, how deeply you analyze your, your snowboarding. It's really cool. And yeah, I would like intention, to know. Intention, intention. Yeah, so back to intention, too. Like, do you go into a season, like, you've come off, you're growing your skill set, your filming set. Do you have a trick list, or is there something that, like, even a spot trick list? That was something I used to write. I'm sure other people do, but. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's loose, and I don't, I'm not, like, married to it, but, like, Obviously, there's some things that, like, I'm, like, okay, I, like, I want to do this. Or, like, I'm, like, okay, I filmed, like, 10 50-50s. Maybe we should switch it up. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think it's most important for me. I'm just, like, 
if I see a spot and it's cool, I'm going to hit it. And whatever trick it, like, is calling for, I'm going to yeah. do it. And, like, I try not to, like, I try to keep in mind, like, okay, you've done, like, all, like, the same thing. Like, you got to switch it up. But, like, also, it's, like, if you want to hit a spot and it's the same thing you've already done, like, I'm more attracted to, like, displaying, like, the architecture and, like, the scenery and, like, getting the feel for it. So if, like, it's calling for another board slide or whatever, yep. I want to hit the spot because this spot's cool. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be like, oh, we got to just find this spot for me to, like, do this trick on. Mm -hmm. Especially because, like, I don't know, like, obviously, like, I want to film certain tricks, but, like, mainly I just want to, like, it's it's not about the tricks. It's just about this spot. Yeah, that's cool. For me. Yeah. And, like, some people probably disagree and are like, fuck that, like, whatever, but. Well, I mean, take I know a prime <laughs> example that comes to mind, you take Scott Stevens and he can, like, there could be like a piece of dog shit on the ground, <laughs> and he could somehow get a clip on that. Yeah, or Minecraft. You know, yeah, yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. and I think it's I think it's awesome to see both sides that are polarizing and both great in their own right. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and talk to you guys about CB Days. It is a CBD company. I like to hit the OG muscle gel. Uh, what is this good for? Well, it's good for snowboarders, mainly because as a snowboarder, if you guys are like me, I get destroyed a lot of times when I go. Um, you know, a lot of inflammation, and a great solution to inflammation is CBD. So they got the tincture, they got the muscle rub, and I personally am a big fan of CBD products because they're a great alternative to, to opiates, and we see that as a major problem here, um, you know, in society. So uh, CBD is natural, so it's a great solution to inflammation. Again, it's rider-owned, and if you want to support, you know, snowboarders then buy snowboarder owned products so head on over to cbdays.com and you can use promo code bombhole30 and that will get you 30 percent off your order and again head on over to cbdays with a z.com use promo code bombhole30 for 30 percent off your order well i'll just talk about tricks and videos do you know what you, you think you know what time it is what time is it i think it's time for uh Name that video part. Oh. All right. Uh, name that video part is presented by Book Club. Did you know that, Mike? I did, and they are a magnificent crew out of the East Coast. Tell me a little more. What do you know, though? Well, uh, all of their videos are filmed on the East Coast, okay. so they're not soft like all the West Coasters, mm -hmm. like myself mm -hmm. and yourself. We moved out West. We, we fly soft. into their turf, and they've beat us to all these spots. It's kind of like uh, we flew there, they grew there. So <laughs> yeah, I love exactly. that. Exactly. So, yeah. so check out uh, Book Club, mm -hmm. um, and Savannah's got some great footage, and uh, that's who's presenting name that video part. So we'll see how Savannah does here. How are you feeling confidence level, 0 through 10? I don't know, maybe like a 5 out of 10. That's five. pretty strong. I like that, yeah, 50%. Uh, all right, so uh, let's just see how you do. So I bought a all right, yeah, uh, it's Cole Navin Route 9. Bam. Wow. Strong. I can't believe you know that. It's a good video. That's a, Cole's no, my favorite. No, Route 9 is like a... Is like a very niche. That's pre Cole Navin. He's riding like a nitro. In Is that, that Cole yeah. Navin pre no, pre Cole Navin? That's that's a that's like the road to Cole Navin. Is okay. what that is. Okay. That's Junior Bacon Cole Navin. Okay. He's a dollar menu Cole Navin right there. Dollar menu Cole Navin. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what. 
It's pre-vegetarian culture. Yeah, you guys got to watch that. Mm-hmm. Route 9, I grew up on Route 9. So that's the videos near and dear to my heart. All yeah. right, you actually won something here. Sick. You can bring it all to the thrift store if you want. <laughs> <laughs> we won't be offended. Um, or what you can do is you can bring this to your thrift store, then you can go back and buy it. And then that way you're, you know, you're kind of recycling in some way. Smelling salts in You got here. some smelling salts in I'm there. not donating those. You got... Uh, Yeti carry all. You can you can put all your items that you need at the spot in there. You can put a rub brick in there if you need to. Um, Sick. Maybe a wax. You can put a waxing a kit. Couple brewskis. Will they stay cold? Uh, I think it maybe stays cold. I think wow. I'm not sure. If you have ice in there, yeah. I don't think it's a, it's a fridge. All right. Uh, part two. Name that video part is for the listeners. We pick our name that video part winner on Instagram. So if you know the song, comment on the photo of Savannah. On Bombhole's Instagram when our episode comes out. The first person to comment will get a nice little sticker pack. Here we go. Yes. All right. Thank you guys for playing. Name that video part. Presented by Book Club. Mike, you, you spoke with uh, Spencer Schubert, right? Mm-hmm, I did. What kind of intel did he give you? You know, he didn't give me a lot, but he did come up with an interesting piece of intel. Spencer wanted to know, and maybe our listeners do too, why are you called Tammy Boogs? <laughs> and what do you do with the boogers in your car? Great question. Um, I'm called Tammy Boogs because Stark is crazy and just knows how to come up with, like, crazy nicknames but basically uh yeah I, I i pick my nose like everybody else does, everybody does. and i've back when i had the truck the dodge i would put them like on the side of the seat a lot mm-hmm. now that i got a new car leather seats don't do it whatever but i i i made this video of myself basically and i like was talking about how i maybe put my boogers in my coffee cups mm-hmm. uh like you know like a reusable a little extra or, flavor not a, no no i'm not oh, drinking okay. out of oh. a, not a, a non-reusable no? one you don't do that i'm you don't neither do, do i no, no, i don't do I that would never do that sorry no. keep going that's all good you you guys don't uh, there's an empty cup in your cup holder you got a booger like you're not gonna smack it there <laughs> <laughs> honestly i think i'm an under the seat guy when i really think about it I keep going though yeah <laughs> i flick out the wind oh out the wind okay yep Come, guys, you've definitely used the empty cup. We got a lot of people shaking their head no. Tommy Towns saying no. Tommy saying no. Uh, Julian saying no. Showrunners shaking his head no. If it goes in my coffee cup, I might forget. Well, the coffee cup's empty. I'm not But I might reuse it. I'm into recycling. I I I pick mine up at the thrift store. Yeah, that's what I do. I, I thrift it, and then I do it, and then I thrift it again, so... No, I'm saying like you get something like at like a Starbucks or something like, oh, a, okay. like a paper coffee okay. cup. Okay. Oh, this is a well, that sounds like wasteful to me, but yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. Like you don't at the Starbucks. <laughs> no, we smack Starbucks. Sorry, where are you going with this? Okay, so yeah, keep keep stay on it, stay on it. I'm gonna be honest with you. I wipe them under my seat. I think is like standard issue, like your original truck. But yeah, keep keep going. Well, I don't know what Spencer's wondering about. So he that's that so, so he just he just clarified. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, Tan- I pick my nose. Tammy you know, bugs. Whatever. You have to. 
Well, respect your honesty and uh, self-awareness. I've also been told that you're very self-aware. Really? Thank you. I don't know who said that, but that's cool. John Stark. Damn. That's a great trait. It is a great trait. So I was talking to Grace Warner, uh, and I wanted to tap back into the border cross background. One, tell me about your border cross snowboard. I heard it was kind of special. <laughs> that's hilarious. I had this, like, Sean White like pro model snowboard that is sick for so long and were you running a 28 inch stance or <laughs> i don't think so okay. i think it was just like classic stance you know but just this sean whiteboard for some reason it probably got it off of like oh uh, the house or something <laughs> were you grabbing a lot of boot at this time or were you just between <laughs> the bindings i don't even think i was grabbing my okay, snowboard this is my border cross board this is your border cross board yeah, okay, this yeah. was border cross specific got wow it. Yep. no rails Got well, it. that cues this next story up. She told me she told me about a rail jam at Mount Brighton. However, you had done a border cross race in the morning, and apparently, in between the border cross race and the rail jam, you guys had somehow procured potentially a wine bag, maybe at a young age. Had allegedly. some fun, allegedly for legal purposes. Had some fun. You proceeded to go on and win the rail jam. What happened? When you went up to gather your award. That's a great story, Grace. Fuck. Yeah, uh, that was fun. We were classic 16-year-olds mm -hmm. just trying to get wasted all the time. Mm -hmm. And we were, like, definitely, like, going out to the parking lot and drinking some wine out of the bag, whatever. I'm pretty fucking wasted <laughs> for sure. Mm -hmm. Snowboarding somehow. And, yeah, during the awards, I'm, like, going up to the podium or whatever and just, like, literally, like, stumbling all over the place. Like, can't even, like, <laughs> get on the podium. So embarrassing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, like, where that story is leading to is uh, I got in, like, well, my mom was, like, picking me up, like, from her house later that day or, like, that night. And I was just yakking all night, like, <laughs> Like, so bad. This is like, pre-COVID, so you had no excuse. No excuse. I'm yeah. 16. Like, this is like, you, my mom's like, you little piece of shit. Like, you're <laughs> hammered right now. Like, <laughs> what the hell? And then I, like, wasn't allowed at Grace's house for, like, so long. Mm -hmm. Like, which was, like, so horrible because we were best friends. Mm -hmm. And, like, it was so bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was definitely rough. Yeah. Yeah, and she said you guys had a history of getting banned from one another. It sounds like you had a lot of fun together over time. This isn't just a one-off. You guys got uh, potentially held back from hanging out quite a bit. Yeah, there was quite a few times. We we definitely, like, I don't know, like, I remember, like, one time from, like, I don't know, smoking weed or something, and then, like, I don't know, like, throwing a party at her house or something. We definitely, like, got into it. Like mm -hmm. We actually have a guest question from yeah, that uh, might Gracie's dad. Be. This is a good segue. Here we go. Hey, Bombhole. First time caller, long time listener, Chad Warner here, aka Chadubs. Gracie's dad. Anywho, enough of that. Uh, Savannah, do you remember the time you and Grace decided to have a party at our house when we were trying to move out? I believe it was called Project G Money. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about what went down that day? Thanks. Love you, honey. Bye. 
gosh. Thank you, Chad. I love you so much. Big shout outs to Chad. Project G Money. Yeah, Project G Money. So basically the story there is they were moving out of their house. They had already gotten their new house, moved all of their stuff out. Empty house. They still own it, though. It's on the market, whatever. And me and Grace are like, house is empty. Like, fuck yeah. Like, (laughs) we're going to throw a party for sure. And we didn't really anticipate, like, what was to come of this. We just, like, you know, hit up, like, you know, the homies were like, get the word out, get the people over. But straight up, like, so many people showed up. It was just, like, me and Grace, like, as people started coming in, we were just like, what the fuck? Like, there's, like, 200 people here. Like, what the hell? Just in within, like, it was, like, 930, and there's, like, so many people at her house. And we're, like, this is, like, we're, like, maybe ju- sophomore year of high school freshman year of high school something like that like we were young (laughs) and like the party lasted for like 45 minutes because like her neighbors like called her dad and I just remember like her dad come like I just see him come down the basement he's got a baseball bat and he's like get the fuck out of my house like amazing like screaming at everybody to like get the fuck out it's so sick but I'm like shitting my pants Grace is like shitting her pants and (laughs) Yeah, pretty shitty friend move on my part. I just, like, dipped with everybody. I was just like, I'm fucking out. Like, I'm not taking the <laughs> wrath of Chad right now. <laughs> like, fuck that. Like, yeah. And so I bailed on Grace, and I felt bad about that. That was really shitty of me. Mm-hmm. Sounds I, like a rager for 45 minutes. So. A little Project X party. You terrified the whole time? You just get to have some fun at least while it was ha- happening. To be honest, I don't remember. Yeah. I, have, I, I just remember <laughs> it ending quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that was sick. <laughs> Legendary. Let's talk loser lap. Let's hone in on that one. All right. Ender. Did you know you were going to get Ender? Uh, yeah, kind of. Because just, I definitely did. Because I, was, I like, go up to Parrish's and, like, see what he's doing. And, like, see, like, how the video's going. And he, like, asks my opinion on stuff and whatnot. Not that I have, like crazy amount to say but i i I was like watching the editing process happen for sure but yeah well did that when you got ender did that mean a lot to you i would say yeah like i was definitely hyped but also for me like i think i have a different relationship with that than a lot of people do because like I like watching the whole video. There's no, like, if it's a good video, there's no, like, beginning, middle, end. It's just, like, this is all, like, good. Like, and I think the feeling, like, stayed the same throughout the video. Or, like, not stayed the same, but, like, there was no, like, oh, the beginning, the middle is, like, not, like, not so good or, like, whatever. Like, I don't know if that's what people think, but, like, yeah, it was cool. But, like, it's just a place in a video to me. Like, it, the video should be cohesive, and it's all about the thing as a whole. Mm-hmm. So. That's cool. Great take. Mm-hmm. I've never heard it's, that. Well, before. that's it's just a different. It's generational, I think, because if you think about how we grew up, mm-hmm. us fucking dinosaurs over here, mm-hmm. it was like individual parts, right? Where it's like, you know, you film your two minute and thirty on average segment, and they place your segment in the video. That's just how videos were made. But at you know, if you came in the game and landline. It pretty much switched to montage mm-hmm. based 
for the most part, mm -hmm. from landline on. Sometimes not even names being called out, yeah, which is really mind-blowing for mm -hmm. me because that's not how it used to be done. For sure. Yeah, cause, yeah. but you guys are still a trick-based movie, technically, though. You're still part-based. I mean, it's still part-based. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's like a montage -y part thing. It's like the people who had enough footage to, like, have a part, like, kind of had, like, their footage in one place, but, like, still kind of montage ish mm -hmm. So speaking with Parrish, he was telling me that <clears throat> maybe that you're two bangers for loser lap. You had set up some spots and you weren't able to even hit them and maybe, like, didn't get those enders like how did that feel was it you know do you feel like that affected you anyway or is just kind of what's your perspective on not getting a spot that you set up that you might have like built up as being maybe your ender yeah I mean it's definitely like disappointing like when you want something really bad and whatever but I think he was more <laughs> bummed than I was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you made it sound like a big deal yeah, it was a big deal. I mean, it was a big deal. There was a couple spots that we, like, got kicked out of that, like, would have been, like, pretty, like, sick clips. But I don't know. I've talked about it before. Like, I'm really timid, scared snowboarder. Mm -hmm. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. A lot of times I'm just like, got away clean. <laughs> I know. We used to joke that sometimes at a spot you could call the cops on yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think people have done that, actually. Mm-hmm. Past, so that's one to keep in your back pocket. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. But that being said, those spots were cool, and I was bummed. But mm -hmm. are you a person? As I think about, everybody's got different perspectives. I am not like kind of a non-confrontational snowboarder. Like, there's spots where I'm like, that's like downtown. Like, you got to shovel all this snow. Like, you're probably gonna get kicked out. It's just like kind of a high kickout probability. Uh, I'm more like a give me a spot that's like tucked around behind the building where I'm kind of chilling and nobody's going to see me. Are you a person that doesn't give a shit about the location and the kickout factor? Or are you just like, yeah, if the spot's cool, I don't care what it takes? It's definitely circumstantial. I mean, obviously, I'd prefer something I feel like I'm not going to get kicked out of, but also you get kicked out of those spots too. So, like, I don't know. If the spot's cool enough, yeah, risk it fuck it put mm -hmm. the effort in but i think it's also like a calculated like thing because it's like you don't want to put all this effort into something if it's like straight up dumb like you're clearly gonna get kicked out mm -hmm. like i'm not trying to like waste my time doing that but you know some people do that and then get away with it so mm -hmm. if it's like really actually worth it then yeah but like i try to be like calculated with like my energy and time i guess yeah mm. smart let's talk street snowboarding and driving around in the rig. Let's talk book club crew. Let's just say that, for example. You know, so much of... It's probably like 5% snowboarding. Uh, 80% driving around scoping. I want to talk about the driving around scoping scene. So so who's driving? Who's finding spots? What's the vibe when you guys are driving around? What are you looking for? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say... It's varied over the years, like, in terms of, like, Parrish just recently got his license and, like, who had, like, a shitty car and who had a drivable car or, like, whatever. Like, it's just kind of, like, these roles have, like, flip-flopped a lot. And I would say, like, I've steadily been the driver, but, like, also Jake drives a bunch. Sometimes we have two cars. But basically in terms of, like, looking for spots and whatever, like, Parrish is super nice on Google Earth and, like, 
he definitely like drives the ship in that sense it's like oh like i have this pin it might be shitty but like at least that's like a point that we can like drive to and like probably find spots on the way it's not like oh i promise you this spot's good it's like let's go just drive here and maybe something on the way we'll find or whatever and up until this year i was like so shitty at google earth and i still am but like i try like now because it's like you have to to like stay afloat like example like the vibe is so much different i can't just drive around for 10 hours like I'm with like five other people who have been doing this for forever so it's like I gotta like pull my weight not that I wasn't pulling my weight before but I could have a slower process whereas it's just like okay like somebody got a clip now if you want to ride you have to be like I want to go to this and we're gonna do this it's not like okay let's drive around for a few hours and find something you're hyped on so that was a huge difference but in terms of, like, book club, it's, like, yeah, like, Parrish, like, definitely, like, would have, like, it would depend on where we were. Like, if we're in Vermont, like, you know, I don't know, because, like, we've progressed slowly from, like, okay, we have this, like, one to two hour, like, radius of where we'll go. And then it's, like, okay, we have, like, a little bit of budget so we can go to, like, somewhere a little further and get an Airbnb for four days. And that's when it's just, like, okay, like, none of us have been here. Like, let's all, like, figure this place out on our own or like so it's just kind of just dependent on like where we're at and what we're doing Mm -hmm. i love that i mean i parish brought up there was no you know the first videos there was no budget no rental cars no flying really no money it's inspiring you guys did a lot with nothing what would you say to someone who's you know it's living in the middle of wherever they're living that has no money Yeah, I mean, no matter what, it's expensive because you have to pay for gas and whatever. But, like, I don't know. Everybody in the book club except me, like, isn't sponsored, has no support at all. Like, aside from, like, ride hooking them up with gear and, like, basically, like, they're all just, like, working really hard to, like, make it happen. And, like, if it's something you want, you're going to work for it. You work 50 hours a week in the summer. I don't know. Like... I'm glad and thankful that I don't have to do that anymore. And, like, but I think the fact that I did, like, was amazing. Like, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like, it made me, like, appreciate, like, and know the value of money. And you just have to work really hard. And, yeah, you're, like, you're not being as, like, lavish or whatever. You're getting the shitty Airbnb or eating shit at home, not going out to eat for every meal. But, like, it's no big deal like it worked and it was never like when it was like now that I've like had it like a little nicer like I'm like damn how did I get by Mm -hmm. but like it was chill in the moment like you don't know any better like you're just doing it to have fun and like whatever yeah I love that legendary make it happen Mm -hmm. work for it so you were uh film you know book club more homey vibes on a budget now you're filming a project with ride who is your probably your main sponsor is are you feeling the pressure? Are you putting pressure on yourself? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely pressure, and like, there's definitely a lot of times where I'm like, "Fuck!" Like, I don't even deserve to be sponsored. Like, why do I have this opportunity? Like, why am I with fucking Jed and Dan? Like, <laughs> this is insane. Like, I don't even know how to snowboard. Like, it's super tough. But like, 
I just, I go through phases. Like, it's like, you're not getting clips. You're going to tell yourself that. Like, you're not doing well. Like, you're going to, like, get in these, like, slumps and, like, whatever. But then you get a clip that you're, like, kind of hyped on. And you're like, oh, I could do this. Like, I feel better. Like, I, did, I, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And it's been super up and down this year, like, for sure. Like, I felt like I don't deserve shit. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, I don't know. It's, it's hard because you're, like, you have like imposter syndrome for, or I did. Mm. I, I had huge imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. I still do 30 years later all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's interesting <laughs> as she's talking though, too. I also like am literally, you could take the clip and substitute it for drugs, and the same thing would yeah. be like, you're in a slump, you don't get a trick for a while, mm -hmm. you're down, then you get a good trick, and all of a sudden you're feeling good. It's oh, like yeah. literally, like, it's like the clip high is a fucking drug. Do you, yeah. do you feel that at all? Like, it, it kind of wavers your emotions. For sure. I mean, I feel like, I don't know, like, if you get a good clip, you're, like, bound to, like, feel more comfortable and confident, and, like, then it's going to, like, lead to you getting more clips, and if you're in a rut, it's hard to get out of it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, there's, clip highs are pretty real, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Chris has an interesting theory about this. You've been telling me a couple times now. Have we talked about it? Yeah, your clip theory about like a protein. Oh, rail. well, I, I look at it as like you could say like, you know, courting uh, a partner, if you will. Uh, I have a theory, you know, it's like it's like, you know, if you're if you're trying to trying to, you know, uh, date somebody, for example, and you're into them. Right. You the clip. You got to let it come to you in a way. Right. You don't want if you want the clip too bad, you're going to come off as desperate. Mm hmm. And then the, the if you're desperate, mm -hmm. the clip doesn't want to come to you. Mm -hmm. The same as if you're trying to date somebody. They're mm -hmm. like, this this person's too crazy. They're too... Yeah, you're trying too you're hard. Try, they're trying too yeah, hard. You're getting the front three stiff leg off. You're, you're doing the 50-50 strenuous front three, landing at 270. You're not getting it, right? <laughs> but then if you're like, you know what? Like, you know, I'm going to let this clip come to me. It's all good. Like, I don't even care if I get this clip. Mm -hmm. I don't even... You know what I mean? Say, like, if it happens, cool. I'm going to try this. All of a sudden... You just you you just make it. Mm -hmm. It just comes to you, mm -hmm. and you land the trick. Mm -hmm. This is a guy you're talking to a guy whose theory I filmed like two clips this whole year. Oh. So I mean I'm I've only tried it. It's worked, yeah. but not a great stack. It's not a great footy stack. But um, yeah. So I, I just think it's kind of similar. It's like a law of attraction kind of thing. Yeah. What, what do you think For about sure. my theory? You think there's any validity to that? For sure. I I am glad you brought this up because this is like something so real like i think that theory is like on point like if you're me and paris talk about this all the time it's like i wake up every day and some people are like whoa you have a bad mindset you like you need to manifest getting clips and it's like i'm chilling like obviously i want to get clips but like you're not going to get clips if you're stressed about getting clips mm -hmm. you got to go into the mm -hmm. day like we might do nothing and mm -hmm. i think i learned that like this year has been really hard for me because or I shouldn't say it was hard for me, but, like, last in the past, filming with Book Club, like, no one's expecting shit from me. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this it's for me. It's all you, yeah. And we're doing this for fun. There's no budget. And, like, a little bit of help as years, like, progressed, like, from Ride, which we're super grateful for. But it still wasn't, like, this crazy amount of pressure. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, like, you can just be like, and that that's how you get clips, is from not wanting, not caring, at, mm -hmm. or, that sounds crazy, but, like, if you're 
stressed about getting clips, the likelihood of you getting good clips is going to lo- be lower. Because mm-hmm. you're just like, if you want to jump on everything or whatever, like... Yeah. It's like if you're desperate Force. and you're single, same yeah. thing. Yeah, I gotta find a, I gotta, I gotta date somebody. I gotta date somebody. They're mm-hmm. like, you're not gonna date anybody. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. It's but the same exact shit, for mm-hmm. sure. I agree. And yeah, I don't know. I felt it was hard this winter because it's like, yeah, there's this pressure. Like, okay, this is like a big opportunity. I'm filming for the ride video. Like, obviously, I wanna like do my best. And I do think that, like, I didn't film my best footage this year because I was putting all this pressure on myself. But towards the end, I started to like learn how to like navigate that. Mm-hmm. But when you have all this pressure on yourself, you're like shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love that. That's yeah, cool. and like the maintaining that confidence is. I mean, to be, to be a great snowboarder, you have to be a com- you have to be a confident snowboarder. Mm-hmm. And and when you get in a rut and you strike out on a couple spots and you don't get what you came there to get. That can rock the confidence, and and it's just, you know, and I, I just feel like um, zooming out on a bigger scale. Like sometimes snowboarders I've seen are in the pocket; they're just in it, and they just it's like catching a wave. Mm-hmm. And then there's sometimes when you're not, and that's just the life of a yeah. And I person really, snowboarding I, for a living. I really like the idea of not forcing. You brought it up earlier about <laughs> on a rail, not forcing a trick. Craig Kelly in the powder world had that same thing where he was just you know the ball rolling downhill like when the trick is right when the turn's right mm. it's the same thing she's the be the ball of the street she's the craig what Kelly is the street. what does the king krill want yeah tell me what the king krill mm-hmm. wants craig kelly's streets same approach mm-hmm. so yeah that's who you are <laughs> that's insane <laughs> <laughs> we are crazy you didn't know that you guys are insane we're, we're fucking nuts this is fun uh like snowboard <laughs> philosophy happening here stoic <laughs> snowboard philosophy <laughs> really fun mm-hmm. i want to stay on this snowboard uh philosophy stuff because this is fun stuff to talk about um it's interesting thinking about you know all the years of filming and all that stuff and you know there's such a cliche staying saying and it's so fucking corny and you hear it all the time but it's just like you hear enjoy the process mm-hmm. and like we, what i hear when you're talking is you're like wake up you know whatever happens happens like i'm good with whatever that's kind of like you're kind of in the enjoying the process. Like I'm just, enjo- I'm just here. I'm enjoying the process, but then there's the getting too tied to the result. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not getting the result I want, and then that takes you out of enjoying the process. Mm-hmm. And so I like you've, you. We've all been on the trips with those people that are, you know, they, they're just they're so tied to the result that, that there's no there's no enjoying of the process. Mm-hmm. And it's like just point A to B, and that's it. Yeah, there's and, no middle to the whole world. Mm-hmm. They don't almost see what's happening. Between. Mm-hmm. Betwixt, if you Betwixt. will. Betwixt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, but I don't know. As much, as cl- cliche as it is, that's kind of what I hear when I hear, like, I'm going to wake up and we might not get a clip today, and that's all good. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that going off of what you were saying earlier, it's just, like, between it, like, being, like, an art and a sport or, like, whatever, it's, like, yeah, like, you're going to notice when... And when you watch a video, it's, like, it's portrayed through that. And, like, that makes – it's, like, okay, the people that feel like it's a sport are probably going to be those type of people that are, like, stressed the fuck out 24-7. Like, it becomes an art form when you're just enjoying the process and it's way more than just the snowboarding. Mm -hmm. Because to me, snowboarding is – it's just a medium to, like, I don't know, express myself but also just, like, 
have connections with people and like enjoy life like there's it's not all about the snowboarding mm-hmm. at all like i'd say it's like it's not about the snowboarding yeah she's fucking wise mike amazing i love it you're a wise sensei mm-hmm. thank you seriously <laughs> that no, that no you're like th- that i'm <clears throat> 35 years old i think i just barely started having a similar philosophy to that yeah i made a comeback last year and that was the first year i think i i had friends and fun and it was a lot of fun but last year is the first year at 49 years old that i really enjoyed the shoveling and the laughing and the eating and the bullshit and sleeping next to a homie in a bed like all that funny shit that happens on trips like that's the stuff yeah for sure i mean it's so important i mean i've (laughs) I've spent my fair share of being stressed out, especially this year of all years, the most. Like, just, like, tripping about not getting clips. But, like, and I think that's, like, I have really came to that realization, like, towards the end of it, just being, like, what is the point? Like, try your hardest, but, like, fucking give yourself a break. Like, mm-hmm. it's all going to be good. Like, mm-hmm. we're having fun. You have this insane opportunity to just, like, snowboard with your homies like yeah. take advantage mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. damn that's so good i just want to ro- rewind and highlight that because yeah. you said basically it's a medium for self-expression and a way to build meaningful relationships with the homies and stuff and like whew, mm-hmm. just like let that sit that that's it yeah. that's it, it yeah. is. enjoy life god damn that's wise yeah wow um okay any other stoic stuff before i got i got another topic we can get into i think we're good let's move on Let's talk about food. Yeah. Yeah, I heard some stuff about food, too. What, what do you want to know? Well, I heard <laughs> I heard that through a couple people that at every restaurant, this is almost verbatim, she is unhappy with the food. Dude, they're tripping. <laughs> they're tripping. I'm happy with food all the time. Okay. And I'm getting put into this box, and I'd <laughs> like to say it. I'd like to clear my name now. <laughs> I like food, and I'm also working on it. I ate eggs the other day, which I was vibed out by eggs. I'm I'm bettering myself and not being picky. Yeah, I'm a picky eater, but who isn't? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> it's just about anything. I can find something anywhere. Yeah. I mean, but that's not about me. It's about you. This is this is a conversation about yourself. So let's stay on the fact that you are allegedly a picky eater. What one said who said that? Everybody? I mean, yeah, but well, Stark really called you out on that. Big time. I have nothing to say. Okay. <laughs> I'm not that picky. So, well, let me ask. Do you eat meat? No. Okay. What's your favorite restaurant? Mm. There's this place in Vermont uh, called Moonwink, and it's like a Burmese spot, and it's pretty fire. But, like, this is what I'm saying. They're tripping. Like, I, I like a lot of food. Like, Okay. She likes a lot of food. Okay. I'm not sure I'm sold on that. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a little bit defensive. On yeah, this. A little defensive. <laughs> picking up a little. Yeah, I'm not sure the self awareness is through the roof. No, maybe, <laughs> maybe this is we the need crack to in the wall. That. Yeah, that's where that's a. Uh, this yeah. is the crack in the yeah, wall. It seems like there's a little bit of uh, some work to do in that department. There. Yeah. I want to look into that maybe with a therapist. <laughs> and Sounds like you have an almost an Asian food preference, like Burmese. We're hearing about bomb mee sandwiches. Are you veggie? What do you? I mean, what's your style? Yeah, I don't eat meat or like, I like I said, I eat eggs for the first time in forever. But I'm basically vegan, but I eat cheese. But other than that, yeah, cheese is hard to give up. 
It's so hard. It's so, so good. good. Mm-hmm. Late so night good. snack. Put it on breakfast. Kind of goes everywhere. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right, we're going to get into a guest question from your boy. Howdy, Savannah. It's your pal, John. Um, so you're originally from Michigan. I'm wondering why you decided to move to Vermont to pursue snowboarding and how you went from just riding park at Mount Snow to getting chased out of New York by rednecks with us. Uh, great question, John. I feel like I answered the first half of that earlier in the episode, but I can tell the story about getting chased out of New York by rednecks. That's a good one. Um, yeah, so we're like just like in upstate New York where it's just like a bunch of rednecks for sure. And uh, we're at this like abandoned or supposedly abandoned building. We're like, oh, like we're getting on the roof because there was this like spot that like looked sick. We hadn't even like gotten our snowboard stuff out or anything like that. We're just like scoping it. And whatever, we get down and we're we're just like about to like pack up and leave because it like actually wasn't even like a spot. And these these dudes pull up and they're like, what the fuck are you doing on our property? Like, what the hell? Like screaming at us, getting all sketchy. Like they had like guns on them and stuff. And we're like, holy fuck. And I'm John's like, what do I do? What do I do? Like we're in the car and we're like, drive. Like what the hell? Like <laughs> drive. And he's like so nervous and like won't drive. And we're like, dude, like you have to drive, like drive. And so we skirt out of there and these people chase us for like 20 miles and so we're like crossing the new york state vermont border like they're still chasing us like what the fuck like they're like after us like they do not they're not fucking with us and so we just like call the cops and we're like yo like we have these people chasing us like we don't know what to do like what the hell and because we were like scared of them (laughs) like yeah, they had guns. They, had, they were chasing you. Yeah, and so they were like, oh, they actually, like, called about you. Like, you need to pull over. And we're like, we're not pulling over. Like, fuck that. Like, we're going to get shot. Like, the hell? And so, anyways, they come and, like, meet us there and, like, convene with us. And, like, we all pull over or whatever. And they escort us, like, back to New York because we had already been in Vermont or whatever. And they... uh they're like, so what's going on? And apparently, like, people had been, like, breaking into this building, and they thought we were, like, stealing from them. And so they straight up thought we were just thieves. And then, like, once we, like, explained that we were just, like, trying to snowboard, like, they were like, oh, it's all good. <laughs> but, like, it was, like, pretty high-pressure wow. situation because we were, like, totally, like, on the run from these dudes. <laughs> That's Amazing. Is that, like, in Troy area or something like that? By no, the like, more north. More north, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, glad it worked out for you. You're able to <laughs> still sit in this chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, I just want to take a quick second and plug. We do have uh, some signed prints of Savannah, shot by none other than Tim Zimmerman, who I'm going to give a huge air horn because he, uh, you know, very nicely <laughs> gave us these prints, and uh, we're going to be signed one for the office and frame it. So, uh, if you're interested in getting a Savannah signed print, um, head on over to bombhole.com. So, oh, this is what I forgot. Patreon questions. I almost forgot. So our Patreon are people that support us, um, and we really appreciate you guys. They help us do the show. We did a little quick interview with um, Savannah for our Patreon with some of these questions. But we're going to get into a Patreon question from a great one, uh, Lance Hacker. Now, 
He asks, you seem to be more focused on how well you do a trick as opposed to how progressive the trick is. Respect. How did you come to focus on this in your writing? Yeah, thank you, Lance. I feel like maybe I touched on this a bit earlier as well, but uh, to maybe like reiterate that, like I care a lot like how the clip turns out. So when I'm like working with a filmer, I'm like, okay, like, are you feeling like, is this coming out well? Like whatever. And if like, I need to do something that I can like do multiple times, then like, that's what we need to do. So that way we both can like collaborate and be happy with the outcome. And yeah, basically that's it. I mean, I'm not saying that's always the case, but yeah, I feel like just like, if you're going to like, the reason less is more is because you're going to, if you're really comfortable doing something, you're going to do it the best that you can do it. And that's kind of like where I stand with it all. Mm -hmm. Have some vibe and some style rather than just survive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's something if you zoom out and you look at snowboard videos as a whole, you can almost see like the, the up and coming aspiring am versus like the seasoned vet pro. Oftentimes the difference might not be like, <clears throat> the trick but it, it's like how refined the trick is like a, like somebody that's newer filming will come off with just a hair early and fall off on the outside and they're like ah it's good enough whereas like you know mm-hmm. you watch your kuziks you watch your your jeds you watch mm-hmm. you know the people like yourself and they're gonna do it till they get it right mm-hmm. good point uh all right i think it's time for hot takes Hot Takes is presented by Oakley. I run the Oakley Line Miner goggles and the Mod 1 helmet. Mod 1 Pro, actually. Uh, new to the helmet game. Uh, they support the show. So you guys should support Oakley. And they make kick-ass stuff. They make kick-ass sunglasses, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. First things first, we like to ask is, uh, to you, how it pertains to you. All these questions are to you. It's not like debating fact or fiction. It's just like, who is this person to you? The, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, or MJ, if you will, uh, both male and female, uh, of snowboarding. Okay, yeah. Uh, I would say, like, yeah, pertaining to me, the GOAT is Jake Kuzik for sure. Um, and then for female, be Jess Kimura. Um, Jess is the shit and does so much for the women's snowboard community, and, like, her career itself is so impressive, and she's just the the best solid answers okay would you consider snowboarding art or sport an art for sure who's the most underrated jake got it props steel or powder i think that's pretty <laughs> obvious <laughs> powder for sure yeah right? for oh. sure <laughs> what is it steel <laughs> respect <laughs> just because i've never ridden powder but that's sick we're like you're like one out of like thirty for steel, so I just gotta slap some respect on that. Best style ever. Fuck, there's so many, but probably Kennedy. Oh. Best method. I have no idea. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's if that says anything. <laughs> What's your favorite video ever made? Fuck. Uh. I don't know. I, like, probably. Good sport or evergreen, it's definitely between the two of those, but I think evergreen or good sport, I don't know. They're both awesome. Okay, best board graphic ever. I mean, there's so many, but a lot of, like, like the Ojo board that Rye did is really sick, and then I also like the one that Jed just made this year that's going to be coming out. sick. Yeah, Jed's got some good graphics. Uh, 
Okay, if you could see one musical artist dead or alive, who would you see? That's a great question. Um, Modest Mouse, for sure. Back in the day, though, not now. Mm. Modest Mouse in their prime. They are awesome. Live. Have you seen them, Mike? Oh, yeah. Wow. Mikey may have lived your dream. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, this is one way I don't always ask, but I have it on here. Your first snowboard video that sparked it all. I don't know what sparked it all. I mean, probably a too hard video. Like those were definitely like super relatable and like when I'm saying I didn't watch any like street snowboard videos before I did it. Like I would say like the first ones I was into were too hard videos. Those were definitely like super inspiring and I don't know. I was like they were like partying and like at the time like I was like 16 and like fuck yeah like I snowboard and I party like hell yeah like this is awesome like yeah. this is like super it was just relatable yeah and that's it. yeah it. I snowboard I party this is awesome <laughs> that's so dope <laughs> uh okay pants over or under high back under high back if you go heli boarding with three people good times just whacking some pow turns wiggling down the mountain who are you taking in the heli yeah, I don't want to go heliboarding. Epic. <laughs> Respect. I'll take your spot. She turned down the heliboarding. Wow. That's a first. That's a first. That's a bomb hole first. <laughs> that is a bomb hole first. <laughs> you know, I'm going to ask this one just because I'm curious of the answer, and I keep it pertaining to the guest. What's your first try backcountry jump, like kind of pat down trick you're going to do if you're hitting a step down? That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't think you want to see me do that. <laughs> <laughs> but if I were to like, if I had to do like a trick and not like a straight air, I would like the only thing I can do on a jump is a back three. And it's like so sketch, but if you're forcing me to, I guess that's what I'll do. Back tray bomb. <laughs> All right. I like it. So last question for hot takes. Worst trend. People getting mad at me about being a picky eater. <laughs> that's legit. It's a great answer. <laughs> All right. That was a good hot take. That was great. No heliboarding. No, I mean, got to respect the no heliboarding. Just turning down. Just the heli comes, you send them back. <laughs> we're yeah, good. I mean, yeah, we could also be like, who who were, you know, the three people she takes to the handrail? Like the, the dream rail. Mm. Seems like, okay. All right. Yeah. Let's do that one for sure. Dream down. What are we talking? Down bar? I don't know. Whatever Natural her, speed? Whatever her dream rail is. Swedish architecture in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody, any three people that you could have at a spot. It's like a Euro down bar, too, where it's like got some weird shit on the rungs. No kick out. No Definite kick out. cover. Yeah. Yeah. We're I'm bringing Ollie for sure, then. Ollie G? Case. Woo! The guy. Ollie's he in the crew. Always. He's number one pick. Damn, that's Damn. that's a good first pick. Props. Um, that's a very... I love him. I, yeah, he's, he's the goat. And seriously, I just went on this trip with... Ollie Parker and Rav and Harry and like the crew is so sick. So I'm just gonna say those. That's, I, that's four people, but like best time ever. So I'm bringing those four. Hell yeah! It's a down bar. There's not limited seats. We can. That's a. We yeah. can. We can adjust yeah. for that. You're, you drove up in the Dodge Ram 1500. Yeah. You didn't take the heli. Well, she drove up in the Dodge Ram 1500 and literally crumbled somebody's car on the way, <laughs> <laughs> and then got to the down rail. Yeah. So she's yeah. feeling good. Totally. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about pub beer for the pub beer crapshoot. Now, Mike, I got a question. Yeah. It's, let's just say it's a Friday night. You're thinking about throwing them back a couple cold cold ones. What are you going to choose? 
I'm going to look for that white and black can pub beer. goes down smooth mm. and cold. I'm just curious. Do you know if they have a motto or anything, like a mantra? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, I've been told. I, just, I usually just drink a few too too many, and I forget. Mm, it, well, it's it's actually cheap, fun beer. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's cheap, and it's fun, and it's beer. Delicious. And they support the show. So if you're thinking about uh, annihilating about 60 beers and blacking out... Uh, <laughs> Responsibly, I should say, for okay. legal purposes. Uh, choose pub beer every time. Here we go. Welcome to the pub beer crap shoot. Roll the dice. We'll tell you what you got to do. All right. I got a one in a goon gear. One in a six is a ten. Perfect ten. What's the biggest prize check you've ever won? Hmm... Not that much, maybe like twenty five hundred bucks, which was like pretty recently at this like rail jam at Corinthia. That's bread. Yeah, I would take that all day. Yeah, sorry, I shouldn't have said not that much. Well, I mean, so yeah, she's in relative. Some people come on the show and they win like a hundred grand in contests. Yeah, yeah for sure, well, for relative. sure. That's yeah. what I mean. But yeah. I don't really compete that much, so. Uh, I know by the time this comes out, you've already have gone, but uh, Jess Camara's got her event coming up. Uninvited invitational. How are we feeling for that? Feeling good. I'm excited. Not really going into it with like a contest mindset, just going to like hang with the homies and be sick to make some money. But like, I, I'm kind of looking at it as just like a fun time to ride at Boreal, mm-hmm. which is like so sick that Jess is facilitating this for everybody because m- mucho respect. Mm-hmm. Big time. And she got some nice prize money up in case people win. It's going to be. Women getting paid at a level, which is really nice. For sure, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, Bombhole sponsoring uh, Best Crash, too. Nice. 500 bucks. So, you, you know, you could... Yeah, you I could, could. You could win that, yeah. potentially. <laughs> we got a nice trophy. All right. Uh, next, we got to get into your setup. What are you running? What's your board? Uh, yeah, right now I'm riding the Zero. It's right here behind me. Um, the Ride Zero, 147. And then I have, like, the C6 bindings, which is chill it's like a nice like semi-soft board um i also ride the bench warmer a lot too but fluctuate between the two but they're good for just like cruising and jibbing you set your board up you detune your edges you do anything special yeah i detune my edges which is like actually crazy i've had someone do it for me my whole like i was like oh i can't do this can you do this for me but this passport that I set up, I did it myself, and I actually laced it. It's unlocking in a whole new chapter of my life. Do you go full round on the whole edge, or are you just doing tip of tail? No, the whole thing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Hitting jumps like that, too. Well, I barely hit jumps. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Round doggers. Yeah. Well, let's run up all the sponsors. What are we talking here? Let's plug the sponsors. Yeah, let's plug the sponsors. So, big shout-out to Ride. As I've said before, they're the best. Thank you so much. And then Vans. Also, thank you so much. You guys are the best. And Howell, Daryl, thank you. And uh, yeah, Dark Side Snowboards. I think that's that's it. Solid roster. What about are you sponsored by Book Club? Yeah, for sure. Number one sponsor. Mm. Yeah, they're pretty high paying, I'd imagine. Yeah. Big contract. Yeah. (laughs) Good stuff. Multi year. Multi year. All right. Well, I feel like we've we've done the damn thing. Uh, What's next? What's next for Savannah Shinsky? What is next? That's a great question. Probably just chilling and filming some more and, I don't know, 
keep doing what I'm doing, I guess. Beautiful. Yeah. We love it. Keep going. Yeah. And you're you're going to take me thrifting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Taking you thrifting for We're sure. We're going to make a video next week. So yeah. look for that on our channel. Again, we got a signed uh, Tim Zimmerman photo available at bombhole.com. All right. And one of the last things we got to ask you is, do you have any thank yous? Yeah, I have some thank yous. Uh, first off, I'd like to thank the Warner family for everything they've done for me. Huge shout out. And also the Skutak family. Those two families seriously like wouldn't be here without them. They housed me, fed me, taught me so much. Uh, and I've thanked Parrish enough, but thank you again, Parrish. Um, Jake Gaudet, John Guru, uh, my grandmas, my mom and my dad, my sister London, uh, John and Ian at Torment. Uh, and again, thank you, Ride, Vans, and Howell for all the support. Appreciate it a lot. Um, and then, oh, also Dark Side. And then last two are Cole Navin and Jess Kimura because they both have given me a lot of opportunities. So thank you guys. Appreciate it. Uh, I want to take this time to say thank you to you for coming on our show. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Tommy Towns and Julian and Mike. Thank you, guys. Thank you all. Thank you to our Patreon members that support the show, our sponsors, all of our listeners. And then, uh, you know, if you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, just hit the subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And uh, with that being said, we really appreciate you guys. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. From the bomb hole, over and out.